0: Tonight's reading is Philippians 4, verses 4 to 9, and can be found on page 1180. Rejoice in the Lord always, I will say it again. Rejoice, let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learnt or received or heard from me or seen in me, put into practice. And the God of peace will be with you. This is the word of the Lord.
1: Amazing. Good evening. Do you want to just turn to the person next to you? Say hello. I'm very aware that we've been sat for a long time. Just say hello to the person next to you. Amazing. Do continue these conversations later after coffee. Um, It's it's great to be community together. It's great to chat to each other. Um, My name's Jack, if you didn't catch that from before. Um, Sorry, I feel like I have to wander because I know we won't have this next week, and so I'm just going to walk around a little bit. Um, My name's Jack, uh, and it's a real privilege to preach on this amazing, amazing passage. It's a beautiful, beautiful passage, a passage all about peace and joy. So let me pray um, before I speak. Father God, thank you um, for joy. Thank you for peace. Thank you that as Zach prayed, we are covered by your grace and love. And that we can rejoice because of that. And we can have peace because of that. Amen. So as I said, this passage is all about peace and joy. And Paul starts off this um, short part of Philippians with a command. He tells us that we need to... Well, it's a good job that yeah, you're acting like, yeah, you need to rejoice. Yeah, come on. He tells us that we need to? Rejoice. And again I say? Rejoice. Amazing. He says it twice because it's important. Um, it's, this isn't an option. This isn't a friendly piece of advice. It's a command. Um, it's written in the present imperative. Yeah, I know. Same. Um, Ask Charlotte, probably. It's a good job I'm not teaching SATS this year, isn't it? Um, that basically means it's continual. that right? Yeah, probably. Um, It means it's going on and on. It's habitual. It's continual joy. We have to choose joy. If you want a pithy statement, to rejoice is a choice. It's a choice we have to make in every situation. We live in a world that idolizes the pursuit of happiness, pursuing the next thing that might fulfill us. But the purpose of life isn't Not that I'm saying I know the purpose of life. But the purpose of life isn't the pursuit of happiness. It's finding joy in the pursuit of Jesus. Because happiness is only concerned with what's happening. It comes from the same root. Happiness happening with what's happening around us. It's circumstantial. It's fleeting. Whereas joy comes from Jesus. He never changes. He is a stable target. So we focus on him. The joy we feel has very little to do with the circumstances of our lives, but the focus of our lives. What are we focusing on? What do we look at? Do we look at the the hurt, the bad things, the stuff we're struggling with, or do we look at the good? Do we look at the truth of Jesus, the fact that he died and he rose again, that we might have a relationship with him? There's a beautiful Oscar Wilde quote that says this, we are all in the gutter but some of us are looking at the stars. We are all in the gutter, but some of us are looking at the stars. We can choose joy. We can choose to focus our attention on the good. And that doesn't mean we recklessly ignore the bad or avoid pain. But it's just thinking that in every situation, Jesus is bigger than this. He is bigger. And the beautiful thing, actually, if we, if we extend this metaphor further, Jesus pulls us out of the gutter. That's where the word salvation comes from. It's the same root as the word salvage. He sees us in the gutter and he picks us up and he says, you are worth something. You are beautiful. And I want to have a relationship with you again. What a reason to rejoice. That's why Paul is so excited. We need to rejoice. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing. Because as he says, the Lord is near. We can come close to him. Jesus made it possible for us to come close to God again and be at peace with him. So if you're note takers, I'm such a note taker, I love having a little notebook and I take all my notes and talks. If you're not a note taker and you don't have a notebook, feel free to get your phone out and write it down. I'll trust you're not on Candy Crush. And if you want to play Candy Crush, then pretend you're taking notes. Um, Point number one is we rejoice because we are at peace with God. We rejoice because we are at peace with God. And this is where I have to make a distinction because Paul later on talks about the peace of God. This is a little bit different. We have to go into semantics. Being at peace with God is objective. It never changes. If we've accepted Jesus into our lives, then we are at peace with God. It's the cornerstone, the solid foundation of our faith. We don't move in and out of peace with God depending on how we feel or what we're up to. This is why we can rejoice in any situation because in any situation, if we've accepted Jesus into our lives, we are at peace with God. Paul says... Paul says in Romans 5.1, Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. But Paul goes on to talk about the peace of God. He doesn't say, don't worry, be happy. He's not a Bob Marley fan, prior to contrary belief. He says, don't worry, pray. It's not, don't worry, be happy. It's, don't worry, pray. He says, be anxious about nothing and pray about Everything. He doesn't just say, don't do something and give us nothing to fill that gap. He says, be anxious about nothing and pray about everything. So we rejoice because we're at peace with God, but we pray for the peace of God. We live in a bit of an anxious time, I don't need to throw stats at ye, we all know that this is a bit of a time where people are worried, there's mental health issues, there's all sorts of things. I've noticed um, that we seem to be singing loads of songs, not just in this church, but as a, as a nation or a generation, about faithfulness. We sing, great is your faithfulness, great your faithfulness, faithful one, someone changing, if you want to speak like Yoda, faithful you are, I always makes me feel phrase oh you are. Um, it all seems to be about faithfulness. <laughs> it's, like, it's like the whole world is in this boat on this storm, and we're just being swashed around. The word "swashed" isn't a word, but excuse me. We're being like—I oh, don't know—waves are coming over, and, the, and we are singing over this nation. He is faithful. He is faithful, even when it doesn't feel like it, even when we're not quite sure what's going on around us. He is faithful. We're at peace with him, but the thing is, we don't always feel peace, do we? You might be able to tell that I'm not a worrier. I'm not a worrier, I'm very lucky in that respect. My mum's a massive worrier, she worries about worrying. Like I tell her I'm doing something and, she's, and she starts to worry that she might worry about it. Um, it. Bless her, I love her to pieces, but she does worry. Um, she might be listening to this, hello mum. But there's one thing, <laughs> there is one thing that does really, really worry me. There's one thing that makes me really anxious to, the, to like beyond anything else and that's driving. Um, I had a really bad experience in a car a few years ago, um, and I started learning um, last summer. And it just breaks me. I don't know why. I can't really tell you why. Uh, it might be the big metal boxes hurtling towards me. Um, but it makes me so anxious, to the point that I'd never experienced before. I'd never been in such a place of kind of almost unfounded anxiety. Because the thing is, logically, I know that I want to drive, and that I could do with learning to drive. And I can focus on the good things. Like, I've got lots of friends who can drive, some of which you wouldn't expect to be able to learn to drive, and they managed it, so surely I could be able to. I have, like, I'm a drummer, I have hand-eye coordination, I can do different things with my limbs at the same time. You know, this is drumming, not driving. Driving's this way, drumming's this way. It's very similar, actually, um, except the metal boxes. But the thing is, I don't focus on those things. I don't focus on the logical good things. I focus on what happens if a nun steps out into the street and bam. You know What happens if I go into a pet shop and kill all the kittens? What happens if my hands suddenly fall off? Do you know how our heads just do that, don't we? We just worry and it's like, what if suddenly the pedals switch around and don't tell me? <gasps> yeah, and my whole body just goes into like panic. And usually when I'm on the road, I'm okay, but it's the anticipation. I would literally, and I can laugh about it now because I laugh about anything, you know me, but... <laughs> At the time, it was horrendous. At the time, I would spend probably the half an hour before my lesson, like on the verge of tears, just at the thought. It was hilarious. I had a really um, a lovely but very scouse man who would teach me, and I'd get in the car and I'd be like, "You're right, John," and he'd be like, "Yeah, you're right. Have you had a nice week." And i would be like, yeah. <laughs> and it was horrendous. Um, And and it it did just break me. My my stomach would flip. Every time I stepped into a car, even the smell of it, even if I was in the passenger seat, would just make me feel immediately sick. It got to the point even where I had to take a spray before lessons to calm me down like it got bad. It it, it made me so, so anxious. And I just couldn't feel peace. I couldn't feel peace in it. There was one point where my friend Hannah from my home church prayed for me, and I had a bit of peace, and then I got into a car again, and it was like, ah, big metal boxes. And so when I came to Winchester last year to work here at Christchurch, I just didn't get an instructor. The idea of getting an instructor made me feel sick. The prices of driving instructors in Winchester made me feel sick in comparison to the north. <laughs> Ooh. Um, and so I just didn't get an instructor. I just didn't. I, I mean massively cowardly. Um, and I was because I was busy, I had loads of things to do. I was busy working at Christchurch. It was easy to put off. And I was so anxious. And it got to about three months ago. And I thought, Jack, you're gonna need to learn to drive at some point. Um, And so I I did what every really brave, brave person did, is I made a promise to myself that I'd put it off. And so what I did is I said, Jack, you're coming back in August. If you book a driving instructor in August, that's like a new start, fresh, great. You're starting a new job at Christchurch. You book your driving instructor. And I felt fine until August (laughs) because I just put it off like a proper coward. And I got here about two or three weeks ago, and I was fine because I'd forgotten about it. And then suddenly I remember... Uh, I need a driving instructor. I need to do this. I promised myself that I would do this. And it, and it did just scare me. My stomach flipped. I remember exactly where I was when I, when I thought I need to do this. I told myself I would, and my stomach flipped. And I just thought, I can't do this. And the only thing I could do was pray. The only thing I could do was say, Jesus, I cannot do this on my own. I can't, I'm going to need your peace, and I'm going to pray really specifically. I need your peace to find an instructor. I need your peace to book one lesson. You know, I wasn't even going big. I wasn't like, I need your peace to pass. I just need a peace for one lesson, Jesus, please. At that point, that's all I could do. And all my days, I've never had a prayer answered so strongly. I've had such peace. It was hilarious when I found out this is what I was speaking on. I was like, oh, Jesus, you're hilarious, aren't you? (laughs) Because I've had such peace over it. Such ridiculous peace. It says that that peace of God that transcends human understanding. I just couldn't understand why I felt so peaceful when I'd felt so sick before. And I managed to find an instructor through the help of lovely people on Facebook who texted me. Thank you to all of those people. And hilariously, she even said, oh, well, I can't actually... Um, give you any lessons for a few weeks. So God even gave me time to like process the fact that I was going to have to get into a car. He gave me the opportunity to stand up in front of all you lovely people so you can all be like, Jack, are you learning to drive? Yes, thank you. And I don't know how it's going to go. I've not had my first lesson yet back. It might go awfully. I don't know. But all I know is that I prayed for peace for this step and he's given me peace for this step. And it says in this passage that peace, peace guards us. It will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And Paul knows what a guard looks like. Paul is in prison He's got, a, he's got a guard attached to him night and day. And he says, the peace of God is like that guard. It is a sentry. It is a watchtower. It will watch you day and night. That guard that was chained to Paul didn't go on breaks. Didn't go off for bank holiday Monday. It was always there. And the peace of God is the same. The peace of God is the same. It guards us. And it guards our hearts and our minds. Places that are so easily cracked, places that are so easily broken or distracted or hurt by the things we've done or thought or said, by the things others have done or said to us, by the experiences we've had, by the situations we're in, by the expectations we've laid on ourselves or other people have laid on us. Our hearts and our minds are so easily hurt. And what does the world say? Cracks? No, no, you can't have cracks. No, you can't be broken, you can't be hurting. No, no, fill them up, fill them up, fill them up now. You need to fill them up now before people notice that you might be hurting. Ah, ah, alarm bells. That's what the world says. And there's this kind of fallacy in this culture that there is something out there that will instantly fill up the emptiness in here. That if we, if we go and we find the job that will be perfect, or the degree that will be perfect, or the Instagram followers that will be perfect, or the look that is perfect, or the career, or the relationship, or whatever it is... It might instantly fill us up. It might instantly sort us out, and that is a lie. The only thing that can fill us up is Jesus Christ. It is the peace of God. We hurry through life desperate. It's almost like supermarket sweep. Like with your trolley, we're kind of thinking, I need this, I need this, I need this to cover up the hurt and the brokenness in us. But the thing is, all of those things don't fill us up. In fact, they're designed to make us want more and more and more and more. And so those cracks only get bigger because we're shoving these things in to the point that all we can do is worry. We go, there's no, there's, there's no logic, there's no structure, what do I do? Now I've, got this, now I've got this relationship, I don't know what to do because I didn't really understand myself before. Now I've got all these social media followers, I don't know what I should look like, I don't know what I should, what I should present to them. Now I've got this job, I don't know what to do with this responsibility. And all we do is we worry. These cracks in our hearts and our minds get bigger, And that space scares us. It makes us worry. So what does Paul say? He says, fill those gaps with prayer from the off, from the start. Pray about everything where anxiety and uncertainty could flood in, where it could rule and reign. Let God's peace fill it up. Let it put you back together. Let it heal those wounds. The word peace can be translated as wholeness. We're a people in pieces that God wants to turn into a people of peace. We're a people in pieces, broken, vulnerable, hurting, flawed, that God wants to turn into a people of unity and wholeness and peace. And he wants us to hand over our worries to Jesus so we can feel God's peace. The peace of God is felt by us. It's, It's something that fluctuates, especially when we ignore God or we wander away or we focus on the bad. In other words, the more we choose to rejoice and trust and obey and pray and give thanks and present our requests to God, the more we feel the peace of God. This doesn't obviously mean that all of our anxiety comes from us not doing something. That's just not the case. We live in a broken world. I don't know why I was anxious about driving. I have no idea. It just descended on me last year. And no matter how much I pray, I just wouldn't be able to feel peace. But I knew throughout that that God's promise of peace was true and it was intact So Paul then gives us some practical advice. He moves on and says, this is how we do this. So we rejoice that we're at peace with God. We pray for the peace of God, and we focus on the pieces of good. We focus on the pieces of good. As I said before, joy is all about the focus of our lives, not the circumstance. Peace is all about focus too, really. Are we looking at the good? Are we looking at the gutter of the stars? Am I looking at the fact that I could kill a pedestrian or am I looking at the fact that I really want to learn to drive? We have a natural tendency, don't we, to worry and to try and solve everything ourselves. We're humans. That's the natural reaction. But the supernatural truth, the supernatural thing is discipleship. It's becoming more like Jesus. We are all works in progress when it comes to discipleship. On that journey, as we sang before, to become more like Jesus, who ultimately followed his father's way above everything else. So Paul says, be disciplined. He the word he uses for think about such things um, is a Greek word that I, I won't try and pronounce because I can only say two things in Greek, and that's feta and mamma mia too. Here we go again. Um, it's a very complicated word. It's something like log something like that. It basically means concentrate. It means means think really hard. It comes from maths clever, eh? It means think really hard, concentrate properly on such things. Yeah, if you want the northern version, it's proper concentrate on it, proper concentrate. We focus on whatever is true and right and lovely, and part of that is the gospel. It's what I talked about at the start. We can focus on the fact that we are at peace with God. While all of these feelings are fluctuating, our relationship with God remains intact. It doesn't change. We are his family through faith, and so we're at peace with God. What a blessing it is to know that our eternity in heaven is secure no matter how we feel, even when the waves of pressure and stress and hurt and brokenness are washing ashore in our hearts and our minds. Every problem will seem smaller in comparison to the gospel. Actually, everything will seem smaller. It's a bit like what Dave Fenton was preaching on last week, that everything is rubbish compared to knowing Jesus. We have such reasons to rejoice even when everything's going wrong because we're at peace with God. And even when we can't feel the peace of God, and we pray for that, but even when we can't feel it, we know that we can focus on the fact that we are at peace with him. One of my favorite stories of sharing my faith um, was talking to a friend of mine called Poppy. She was um, on placement with me in my second year. We were about to have an observation, and she just went, Jack, why are you not worried? Why why are you always happy? You know what I'm like. And, And it was such a joy to be able to say, well, it's just Jesus, isn't it? I, I, I promise it was as theological as that. It was, It's just Jesus, isn't it? <laughs> Actually, I can just feel joy always because Jesus is in my life. And I don't have to worry, not that I ignored it, not that I didn't study, not that I didn't plan my observation lesson. getting glares from Charlotte, the teacher. But I did, I promise I did. But in comparison to that, I don't need to worry because I've got Jesus. What, and what a beautiful witness that was to Poppy. What a beautiful witness peace is in a world of restlessness, in a world where nobody is at peace and everybody is anxious. She noticed a difference because there was peace. It shows what trust we have in Jesus. It shows that we can hand everything over to him, that even when things worry us, we know that he has got us in his hand. This all comes from Jesus, the Prince of Peace, who says this in John 14, peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. We don't have to be afraid. We can rejoice. We can pray and we can focus. And so we're going we're gonna to do a bit of that now. I'll invite, invite the band back up. Um, we're going to sing, but we'd love to pray with you. If you don't feel like you're at peace with God, if maybe that step of coming into the family of Jesus is something you've not done, we would love to pray with you and welcome you into that and rejoice with you. If you find it hard to rejoice, if you find it hard to be at peace, if there's something in your life that is hurting, if there's something in your life that is like a thorn in your side, we'd love to pray for you. And if you're struggling to focus on the good in life, if all you can see is the bad, if all you can see is the big metal boxes hurtling towards you like I can when I'm crying on a motorway. (laughs) If that's all you can see, we would love to pray for you. We're going to stand and sing. Um, We're going to sing a song um, called Faithful One, So Unchanging. It's a beautiful, beautiful song that speaks of the God who is our rock in times of trouble. His love is the anchor. And as we sing this, we can rejoice that this is the truth. So shall we stand and I'll pray and then we'll sing. And would we like to hold our hands out in front of us as if we were receiving the gift of peace? Father God, we thank you that you give us peace as a gift. We pray for that gift now and we pray that we don't just receive the gift but that we open the gift and we use the gift. That gift of peace is something that is available to us. We thank you for that gift. And I thank you that even now in this room, Father, that you are giving peace to these people. I thank you that people uh, are loosening up, that tensions in their life are almost melting away, Father. I pray that your peace would do that right now, Jesus. That weights and burdens would be lifted because in light of the gospel, they do not matter. And I pray for when we focus on things that are not good, I pray for when we do things that are not good father i help help us to focus on the good things the pieces of good in our lives help us to focus on what you have called us to help us to focus on that holiness that you call us to father help us to rejoice as we sing this song that speaks so beautifully of your faithfulness to us even when we are in storms of life and pressures and hurt are just pressing into us that you are faithful Oh man. Let's sing.